tackles. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Dawson out to Harris for a three ball. He got it. Kennedy looking, center shot. The Spartans are on their way to a win in the Rose Bowl. Completion. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. That is right, everyone. Welcome back to The Pact. April 21st. 2014, 7.01 Eastern Time here in the basement of Holden Hall, Michigan. Thanks to Lou for always the special introduction here at the Pack. And guys, I hope everyone had a great Easter weekend, uh, holiday weekend. As you know, Passover still in celebration. So, you know, happy to everyone who is celebrating Easter and Passover and all the holidays here in April. So mazel tov to you or happy Easter and hope you had a great <laughs> weekend um, with your respective families and, lo- and loved ones. But guys, big show we have today. Talking a little MSU spring game, and what you know, we are definitely talking about the Detroit Red Wings playoff run. You know, it's a one-one series now. They go back to Detroit for tomorrow's tilt at the Joe game three against Boston. We'll see that game on NBC Sports Network at seven thirty. That's going to be a great game, so I'm really looking forward to that. And what a discussion wouldn't be with this big debate we have planned here? Donald Trump's take on the NFL. Is he buying a team? You know he was previously involved with the New Jersey Generals and the USFL. You know he was involved with that and had a lot of say with that. So, big time. Donald Trump's stake in the Bills. Is he buying? Is he not buying? We'll debate here on the pack. Number as always, guys, 517-432-3893. Yale's, our executive producer, Jonathan Yales, is behind the glass. He will be responding to all your social media tweets and whatnot, so feel free to tweet in the show and debate with us as you can use the hashtag ThePact on Twitter. Also, it wouldn't be anything if we didn't give away lug nuts tickets, guys. As always, we are giving lug nuts tickets away every other week, so we special thank the lug nuts. Today's winner will be put on the guest list along with the plus one to Hump Day at Cooley Law School Stadium. You can meet Humphrey the Camel and see the Lug Nuts as they take on Lake County Captains on Wednesday, April 23rd, courtesy of the Lansing Lug Nuts. The game starts at 7.05 p.m. at Cooley Law School Stadium in Lansing, Michigan. More information can be found online at www.milb.com. And the Impact would like to thank the Lansing Lug Nuts for the continued support and remind listeners that they may win only once per week, guys. So if you've won previously, I am very sorry. You only can win once per week. So call in Jonathan Yales. You know the number, 517-432-3893. John Yales on the phone. John Yales on social media. But more importantly, it's the people that make the talking go round. We have Harry, Austin, Faith, and Lou Harry, welcome back. Good to have you here with us this, night, this yeah, Monday. Yeah, it felt weird missing last week. We had the student-athlete academic gala, so, you know, representing the student-in-student-athlete, so that was a lot of fun. Fun, right? How'd that yeah. go? Pretty nicely? It, yeah, it went well. Uh, Archie Great. Manning was the keynote speaker, so it's good, cool. good, good to hear him speak. That was that's, awesome. That's pretty neat. So we welcome Harry back to the show, and we bring back the usual three that's always with us, Austin, Faith, and Lou. But Austin, how are you, bud? Doing well. How about you, Fino? Good. I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely wonderful here. Um, it's big debates, Goody. We got big debates. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited. Your wings, whoa. Uh, you know, Your wings lose Bruins. Pretty special. Hey, it's one on one. Let's see what we got here in that, game three. That's right. Faith, how are you, dear? I'm wonderful. I'm enjoying the beautiful weather. The weather's nice. Yes, absolutely. So hanging in there. You know, listeners, I always joked with Faith that the weather right now is probably, if not as nice as her mother's hot chocolate <laughs> with a little bit of Bailey's. I absolutely love it. It's pretty sweet. So look. You got to love that. Faith Mother, Mrs. Keg, just giving you a special shout-out on the beautiful Monday evening. And, Lou, you're behind the glass, my pal. What's going on? Your Bruins won one. They took out. They took out the wings pretty nicely. So it's good to have you behind the glass, buddy. But, guys, let's bring in the real debate here. Okay? We're talking wings. We'll step aside the Donald Trump. Faith and Harry will step aside for us for a second. We'll bring in this Donald Trump debate. Oh, I'm sorry. This wings debate. They'll talk about the Donald Trump. But the Detroit Red Wings, they're 1-1 on their 1-1 series. They won 1-0 in the game one at the Garden, the TD, um, the TD Garden over in Boston. And I thought that was a great game. Low scoring, Austin. 
pretty nice. Great defense. Jimmy Howard playing exceptional. Tuka Rask. I mean, we're all. I'm all over. I'm Team Matuka all day, all day. And we saw what we saw at the Boston Garden. Is Tuka Rask playing exceptional hockey in Game One? In Game Two, he did play great. Look, just the Wings couldn't score. Mental errors for me. Brandon Smith. And I have a quote, really, on Brandon Smith. It was actually his brother, Riley Smith, for you buffs that don't know. And it's pretty interesting. I'll get Goodman's take on this afterwards. You know, before we get to the miscues of the game, I just want to get this post-game banter. And I thought it was very interesting for me. For some reason, Brandon Smith was tussling on Zdeno Chara. I thought that was pretty incredible, Lou. I didn't see why he would do such a thing. But here's what his brother, Riley, thought about fighting one of the most tall and fierce players in the NHL. She wouldn't be the first guy I'd choose in the NHL to go against, so, uh, you know, maybe you should probably think twice next time. Were you worried about his safety at all? No, no, not too much. That's, uh, you know, the, the least of my worries right now. So it's it's pretty self-explanatory that Riley Smith is not worried about his brother's safety. He did have a goal. He did have a goal in that game. He looked pretty good in only about 11 minutes of ice time, 10 minutes, 40 and change, seconds. So... I just want to take Lou and Goody, your take on this game so far. Keep it quick. What did you think about Game 2? I thought that Game 2 was uh, definitely different than Game 1. There were a lot more penalties on both sides. A collective 13 penalties between the two teams. The Red Wings took 7, and the Bruins took 6. And the Red Wings couldn't produce anything on the power play or on the penalty kill. Uh, you know, the, the Bruins did well throughout the entire game, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, they beat the Red Wings at their game and took the Red Wings off of their game. And they put up a very strong fight to get that series back look, to one to one. Look, without a doubt, they took a very strong fight here. And I thought before we get loose comments, Milan Lucic had a very good comments about, and he played a great game. I love Milan Lucic. I think he's an ex- an exceptional player. But for me, if Boston clicks the way they do on game two, it's going to be. V- and I did pick Detroit, folks. I picked Detroit to win in seven games. Just want to reiterate that. But going forward. If Boston plays the way they are playing, it is going to be very difficult to match that kind of play from Detroit's end. So let's see what Mr. Lucic thought about the game. I think uh, we talked about getting the hesitation out of our game, and I thought we were a little bit too hesitant in that game one. Uh, you know, sitting back, you know, maybe the emotions got a little bit uh, the better of us, but here we just wanted to leave it all out there and have no regrets, and, uh, uh, you know, we didn't want to go down 0-2 heading to Detroit. There's no doubt that they'd rather go down. They would not rather go down 0-2 in Detroit because look, Detroit plays decent at home. They do. They're 18. They're 18 and 13 and change in the regular season. 18 wins at home. Lou, you knew this was a game, and I, I said it. Is it really too early for a must-win game for the Bruins, or is it just, is that just premature? Way premature. I mean, must-win comes into play. You know, if they happen to lose the next game, or whoever loses the next game, then it becomes a must-win. You know, once it gets to 3-1 territory. But, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about the whole Brendan Smith, or, uh, yeah, Brendan Smith. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that, bro? You know, I think one of the main reasons why the Bruins got on their game and started to, you know, draw some penalties and get some power play time was because the Red Wings, you you know, they kind of, I like to use the phrase, and a lot of Bruins fans do, they kind of poked the bear a little bit. And that's that's exactly what Boston wants you to do. They love playing the villain. And when you're able, when you make them put them into that role and you get, you know, Big Z smiling down at a little guy batting him around, you know, that's what they love to do. They love to be that huge dominant force and have teams fear them and that's unfortunately the situation right now for Detroit. Look, to me, if the Bruins are going to win this series, they need to get back that fear factor. And this is a President's, you know, cup winning team here, President's Trophy. I say President's Cup, I think it's golf. But it's a President's Trophy team. This is a team that has a lot of fear factor in it. It's just they're not eating bugs. They're playing great hockey. And I think when it comes down to it, if Boston plays like that, very good, sharp on the power play, moving the puck the way they did, to me, Lou, Boston moved the puck at a, such an incredible clip. And if they have that puck movement, I think Detroit's defense is pretty inexperienced at this point. Absolutely, you know, and I think a lot of that puck movement was made possible by uh, the Bruins' forecheck. That's something that they kind of got away from in Game 1. And Game 2, you saw them just kind of lobbing pucks in, letting them die in the corner, and then come out and just bang those D. You know, Lucic, uh, Thornton, you name it. These guys are flying in. Even Bergeron's throwing his body around Krejci, you know. Everybody's in on it, even the defense in their own zone, It's and it comes back to that physical element. You mentioned the physical element. The wings out hit 
by Boston in Game 2. Wings, 29 hits. Bruins, 33 hits. But to me, Lou, we'll bring Goody in this discussion in a second. It's To me, it's the specialty moment here. The Bruins' power, the Bruins power play is 2 for 4, 50% on the game. That's pretty good. Wings' power play, 0 for 4. So they didn't contribute on the power play. But Bruins' PK looked very good, killing off everything 4 for 4. Spin that off in a positive way. Block shots, to me, is another moment. They are getting in the slot, and they're blocking everything. Shot here, second period, getting a lot of opportunities on the power play. Block shots, just playing great defense. 14 block shots for the Bruins, 7 for the Wings. So the Bruins are doubling up in that category. But to me, it's the thing that the Bruins need to work on is giving the puck away. Wings only 4 giveaways, so they, you know, they take care of the puck. It's only 10, but 2 takeaways. Versus the Bruins, 11, 11 giveaways to 8 takeaways. So they're giving the puck away. And the Wings are not really giving the puck away, but it doesn't matter. Because if you contribute on those plays, power play, PK, hitting the puck, you're winning 35 faceoffs to Detroit's 27. When you have these options, when the Bruins are going to leg up your goodie, it's tough to see that Detroit really had a chance in Game 2. They didn't have a chance in Game 2. They shot themselves in the foot with a terrible play from Jimmy Howard to Brendan Smith. We'll bring up a little bit more of a debate about that, because I want to get your opinion, Fino. Mm-hmm. What do you, whose fault? Do who, what finger do you point on that play right there? It's both of their faults. And as you mentioned on TSN, I was watching TSN. I, I don't know if it was Ray Ferraro who said it, but Jimmy Howard's completely out of position in that. Not only is he completely out of position in that play, but look, I'm not going to fault Jimmy Howard because, look, it's kind of two birds with one stone in this situation. Jimmy Howard's out of position, so he can't get back after the giveaway. Okay? Mm-hmm. But the puck, the pass is completely to Brendan. Brendan Smith is skating towards against the trapezoid and towards the baseline there and that baseline jimmy howard's throwing it behind or just pass it completely behind him so i saw a terrible pass brendan smith not accurate but look if i'm brendan smith and your goalie makes a bad pass in a desperate area in your in your zone look you got to help your goalie out and you can't let that hit the boards that's a live rebound and look Justin Florek gets his first. There's a reason why Justin Florek has never had a had a playoff goal before. It was his first playoff goal ever, and it was a garbage goal. It was garbage. There was nothing that was skilled about it. Jimmy Howard out of position, and it was garbage. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there, but I actually point the finger at Riley Shahan. And, why? And, uh, why? Because he passed that puck back into that zone when there were absolutely no defenders. There were two defenders that were making a change right there. Jimmy Howard had to come out of his net to knock him out of position, and Jimmy Howard then had to pass the puck to Brendan Smith, who was not ready for the pass at all. It was three players that had an issue and all started with Riley Shahan. And I, I do point fingers at that young line right there with Tatar, Shahan, and Yurko. That young line does need to step up their play if they have a chance to be able to push forward in this series against the Bruins. Here's the thing, and we'll talk about that young line in a second, Lou, but I'm curious to know what you think about the play. To me, look, Shahan, you could argue that, look, I would not pass that, I would have not passed that puck back into your zone, but when you look at it, it's like playing Monday morning quarterback on a Monday night football, or on a Sunday night game, and you're like, hey, I, you shouldn't have thrown that, man. you shouldn't have thrown that to that safety. You're playing Monday, you know what I'm saying? You didn't know that's going to happen, but here's my thing, Goody. If, if, if you're, if you're Shan, okay, or Shahan, I'm sorry, if you're Riley Shahan and I'm passing it back, I expect Jimmy to make this play and I expect him to pass the tape to tape to Brandon Smith. I don't expect a bad play like that. Yeah, but you don't throw a flimsy puck back there like that. It was flimsy, but at the same time, this is the NHL. It's not the AHL. It's not, it's not the ECHL. Well, if it's the NHL, you go up past the center line, you shoot it down into the, in, into the zone and you make your change there. You don't pass it into your own zone where you could risk being scored on like that. Well, you know, I would pass it back too if that line has been doing absolutely nothing. You, if you're, if if, if you look in this playoff series, that line has done absolutely nothing. Look, look, That's what right. I'm saying. They need to step up. All right. I think – I don't really have a problem with Shahan. Let's just I, 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 let's I, put that forth. I, I 100% agree with that. I, I don't think that that's a huge problem. You know, Jimmy Howard, I think it was mostly his fault because he, not only – I mean, 60, he got 60-40. I'd say close to that, if not 70-30. Because, okay. I mean, he fires it. He knows how to pass the puck, you know. This guy, goalies practice their passing, goalies practice their shooting. They do all of that. And he fires it right at Brendan Smith's gut. And I think it was a little bit, you know, the pressure getting to him after the Bruins came out with such a strong start. You know, he's got the jitters going, and he didn't expect that play to happen. So he just kind of flung it towards the nearest guy he saw. Smith couldn't control it, and, you know, it was just kind of an unfortunate thing that happens. And that's what happens when you start to get those jitters. 517-432-3893 is our number. Feel free if you want to call in and debate with us. Is it Riley Shahan's fault? Is it a Jimmy Howard problem? Or is it Brendan Smith? Or is it, Lou mentioned, is it the jitters? Call in. You know the number, 517-432-3893. Feel free to call in and 
embrace the Spartan debate. But guys, you know, I want to go forward with that. And to me is, look, Lou doesn't have a problem with the pass. And let's just put the pass aside. Now that you think, okay, maybe Shahan here. But as we dissect this play a little further, Goody, I have a problem with Jimmy being completely out of position. For me going forward... Jimmy Howard has to play better than he has. And look, before I get everyone calling in, screaming, wanting to cut my neck off, he played very well in game one. I'll give him that. Exceptionally I, well. I, I, he posted I, a shutout. He did. And he played very well. And anytime he shuts any play, any team off, let alone the playoff, the President's Trophy winning team, the best team in the NHL in the regular season, any, let alone you shut that team out in the playoffs, that's at their place, that's exceptional, in my opinion. He had a great game one. But to me... If you, there, you cannot take that many steps back from a literally a shutout game one victory to a game two victory or to a game two complete obliteration loss. You weren't competitive in that game. You didn't look good, and to me, the Wings had no chance winning that game, and it was Jimmy's fault. See, I don't, I, I don't like what you're saying there because the Red, it's not that the Red Wings didn't have a game at all. They put 35 shots on Tuka Rask. You're shooting on one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. You, you say they won the President's Trophy. Yes, they have the best goalie in the league. They have some of the best defense in the league. But the Red Wings need to get back to something, and that is their game. Mike Babcock has said it. Every player on the Red Wings squad has said it. They need to get back to their game. The fact that they had four roughing penalties, that hasn't happened in a game for the Red Wings this season. I understand, but it happened. And my point is this. You mentioned the shots. I think it's an invalid argument because when you're looking down late in the second period, complete third period, the Bruins scored 2 minutes and 27 seconds into the third period. So they're cruising at 4-1 at that point. Why would they need to take shots? They're going down, buggering down, and blocking shots, blocking 14 shots and killing power plays. for That's killing Detroit's power plays. So for me, I don't have a problem with the shots. That doesn't tell me anything. The quality of shots is one thing. You have to, If you're going to beat Boston, you're going to have to score on the power play. And the Bruins' PK is very, very good right now. Really effective. And, you know, Detroit had some trouble uh, coming in in the regular season, you know. Um, but I, I think he, you brought up a good point with the quality of shots. I think that's, a, that's what Boston does a lot, you know. Uh, they give up those shots from the point with where the goalie can see them, though. You know, Detroit has not had a, a, any net front presence whatsoever. You know, uh, the one play that Datsuk did score on, he fired it through some legs. You know, Tuka couldn't see it. But it, Detroit doesn't have I think the bottom line is you nailed it. Quality shots. There's just a lack of them. I mean, it, it, was, it was a complete lack of them. And I agree, there was no quality shots for me. Jimmy Howard, you know, saving 25 saves, 29 shots, versus Tuka Rass, and Goody gave him credit. Big Winks fan that he is, he's honest. 35 saves, or 34 saves, 35 shots. Tuka Rask is playing exceptional right now. When you post a .971 save percentage, you're not losing that game. With the offense that the Bruins have been putting up, and you're like, Fino, what offense? They've only scored four goals in the series. Detroit's only scored one. And for me, the two. Key- they scored two. Fair enough. Yes, they scored two. I, I was talking about in game two. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've scored two games, or two goals. But to me, the big issue is Detroit needs, and I mean, and to me, this is like their big thing. Detroit is going to need to get some goals out of their defensemen. They need mm-hmm. to get points out of their defensemen. I think that's a key note to hear. Look, the Red Wings do need a net front presence, and I agree with Lou what, you know, with everything that he's saying right there. The Red Wings have not posted up in front of Tuka Rask. They also haven't been given that you know, availability up front of the net. Zdeno Chara has done an incredible. Where you miss, this is where you missed Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, Absolutely. See, this is where you. This is where you missed Todd Bertuzzi. Honestly, I don't think Todd Bertuzzi will do that much of a difference for you right here. I he's really a don't. big man in the net, and he's done it before. This is where you missed Tomas Holmstrom. Well, yeah, but that that's a retired player. I think this is where you have players that are. On the team right now, like Fair. Justin Ablocator jumping up into the play. Riley Sheehan jumping up My- into the play. And that's why I'm saying that young line, that those players need to step up, is because those are the players that are going to jump in front of Tuca and make a difference in this series. Oh, I'm not denying that. All I'm saying is, look, Tomas Holmstrom is long retired. But Todd Bertuzzi is not here with us. But the point is... Someone needs to step up and get in front of Tuka Rass. you got to make it difficult for this kid. Look what the Sharks are doing in Jonathan Quick. Six goals, seven goals. That team has 13 goals in two games of a borderline of a Xena candidate? Are you serious? Jonathan Quick is two years removed from a Stanley Cup. So how do you stop him? You get in front of him and you make, him di- you make his life difficult. Look what Carey Price is doing. They're not getting any guys in front of him. Carey Price is making great saves. That's the key. Detroit's got to get more physical, make more hits, and get in front of them. I honestly, I don't agree with that physicality 
quote right there, actually. I, 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 I don't love think it. I don't think Detroit needs to get that much more physical. You want to right know, now? They have to. I really don't agree with that at all. They need to play their game, and that's not physicality. It's quickness. The Red Wings play a quick game. They play a speedy forward base game this regular season and into these playoffs. And if they want to beat the Boston Bruins, they have to beat them on speed, not on physicality, because the Bruins are better in that physical strength. They really are. I kind of agree with Austin on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, I think not frustration is what happened. They're not last doing game. it. I don't think Detroit needs to dole out any more punishment. I think they need to get their emotions in check. But th- I agree with you, Lou. But here's my thing, Lou, and I'm going to come right back at you. Look, it, to me, it's this playoff hockey. You need to adjust right now. Right now, Tomas Tatar is not doing anything. Nyquist is not doing anything. You're without your arguably your best forward, okay, and your captain, Henrik Zetterberg. So to me, that's your game. When those guys are sharp, and a lot of these guys are playing in a very big series for the first time. So there's jitters. You mentioned it before. Here are some jitters. They are away from their game. And if Detroit can get back to hell making an impact, go back to all these guys coming in and making an impact, look, look hell, they're shooting the puck. Nike was four shots. Tatar, four shots. Helm, four shots. Or five shots. They're getting shots. They're doing their game. But that, if it's not working, move it and fix it up. It's not working. Get more physical. And that's what Brendan Smith was attempting to do. Absolutely. you know. And I, I think I have an interesting point I okay. want to know you guys' take on. It happened a little bit during the regular season, mainly just to injuries. But now that you see... Uh, you know, Brendan Smith trying to make a physical impact. What do you think about putting him up maybe on a third-line role on the wing? And Brendan he, Smith? Absolutely. He played forward up in, in the regular season. You he know, did. San Jose did it with a guy like Brent Burns. That really worked. Brent Burns is a pretty skilled guy, big guy, able to throw his weight around. Now he's one of their leading scorers up front. Yeah, you know, Lou, I would agree with you in any other circumstance, but this season the Red Wings don't have depth at that defensive end. All right, they don't have. They have players like Jakob Kindle and Kyle Quincy that are at their two and three lines, and that, that's not enough depth to be able to move somebody like Brendan Smith, who's you know your number one slotted defenser defenseman, the defenseman behind Nicholas Cronwall to be able to go up to a forward position. That just can't happen right now. Here's the thing, guys. You're going to notice if Henrik Zetterberg gets in this series, which I think he will. If Z- once Zetterberg gets back in this lineup, you're going to see everyone gets pushed down one node. You're going to see the impact one player makes. And I understand it's one player, Fino. It's one player. But it's but one of the best players in the world. When you're captain of number 40s on the ice, Detroit's instantly a better team. And to, 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 comp- to come back to your point, no. I don't think Detroit needs to be desperate and move a defenseman to a, to a top three. I don't see it. I don't think they should do something like that. I don't think it works. You know, you asked the question earlier, you know, is the next game make or break? That would be a make or break situation, moving Brendan Smith up to a I forward think- line. All right, and I... I just want to bring something up from the last episode of the pack when I was talking about Pavel Datsuk and the impact that Pavel Datsuk would have on this series. And I'm just saying, at TD Garden, to be able to get that massive of a goal with 16 minutes left, you know, 16 minutes into the third period, that's incredible. And the style of goal that he did showed why he's the magic man, one of the best players in the NHL. He is going to be a massive asset for the Red Wings coming down through the rest of this series. And, and those youngsters, you know, you, you were telling me, you know, it, it wasn't 100% earlier, but these youngsters do need to step up. They're getting four or five shots on net, but it's the shot selection. I it's, agree with we, you there. We talked about that it. shot selection needs to be Got better but what for can you those do? youngsters. What can you do? I you mean, it's Boston's view you that's, cannot that's do an, taking those shots you away. You cannot do anything about it. That's my point. And we'll wrap this up with both of you guys here. All right. Well, let's. I want to touch on the Datsuk thing. Okay. You know, Pavel Datsuk is a tremendous player, and he's. I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, that goal in game and, like game one goal was incredible. I know, and Boston can't give him any space. I mean, just the one. Do you basically get one of the do only. You get, ch- if you, you give get, him an inch, he's going to take a mile. Absolutely, you, and you saw it, and that's what happened in game two. They did get physical, and you saw Datsuk retaliating a couple cross checks. He was a little bit off his game. That's not Pav's game. He can't no. be doing that. No. And that's exactly what Boston no. wants you to do. Well, that's if you're what Brad I'm, Marchand, if you're all these guys, mm-hmm. and then Datsuk getting into scrums, that's not a thing that the Wings want to see. That's why you got to get Abdulkader in there, and he's got to, you know, step up a little bit physically. And, you know, after the whistle, too. You can't let people touch Datsuk like that. I agree 100%. That's why I'm saying the Red Wings can't. Can't keep on this physicality, this physical game. That's not the Red Wings game. The Red Wings game is speed, quickness, shooting the puck, getting people in Let's front of that net, and scoring goals. And they need to do that. Let's, we need to see it. Exactly, we need to see it. Let's see if let's see if they do that. But guys. Let's wrap it up. Both of you, real quick, let's get your Game 3 predictions tomorrow at the Joe. Do the Wings take it or do the Bruins take it? I think that the Wings are going to take it at, on home ice. I think they're going to take both games on home, home ice. Well, but let's I think, game, game 3. You, okay, you, Game you like, 3, I like, like the Red Wings. You like the Wings. Lou, who do you got? I take Bruins Game 3. Um, I'm going to go 4-2. to two. Me too. I like the Bruins in Game 3, but keep in mind, I do like Detroit to win this series. I just like the Bruins in Game 3, and if we're going ahead of ourselves... 
like I like Detroit in Game Four. We're gonna come back here on the pack. Quickly mention, guys, if you want to call in and win some tickets, please feel free to call in during the break for our lug nuts. We're giving away one more pair. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three is our number. Shout out to John Kelly for once again winning our tickets. Great job for John for calling in, and that could be you. So call in. John will be on the phones managing it to see if you can be the lucky man to or woman to win those tickets. We'll be back here on the pack. When we come back, Faith and Harry join me, and we're talking Donald Trump's stake in the NFL. Is it happening or is it not? Well, hopefully. You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM, East Lansing. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to coverage of Spartan sports like never before as we embrace the Spartan debate here on The Pact. Welcome back. I'm the Pack, your host, Fino, alongside, per usual, here. 517-432-3893 is our number. If you want to win some lug nuts tickets or debate about this Donald Trump buying the Buffalo Bills, call in and feel free to embrace the Spartan debate with us. But before we continue, today's winner will be put on a guest list along with the plus one to hump day at the Cooley Law School Stadium. You can meet Humphrey the Camel and see the lug nuts as they take on the Lake County Captains on Wednesday, April 23rd. Courtesy of the Lansing Lugnuts. The game starts at 7.05 p.m. at Cooley Law School Stadium in Lansing, Michigan. More information can be found online at www.milb.com. And I think it's pretty I think it's pretty interesting, you know, this Donald Trump thing. And I wanna open I wanna open up a little funny clip about Donald Trump that I think it would be nothing but handsome and honoring to really open up with because I think Donald Trump's a great guy. And I know I'm giving him a lot of credit. I like the Don. I like the Donald. Faith is she's nodding her head, but you know what? I think Donald Trump is nothing but class. You're fired. 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 Off the record, a lot of NBA coaches, mainly Mike Woodson, seeing the old Donald Trump, you're fired today. But that's off topic. Let's bring it back. So we welcome in Faith. We welcome him, Harry. And guys, this big Donald Trump thing is big news for me because I think Donald Trump would be nothing but an asset to the NFL. I think he's a great owner. He's a businessman, and he's got tons of capital. And to me, I think he'd be nothing but class for the uh, NFL and the league. It's whether the owners would respect him. And to me, that is the big debate. Would the owners respect him? And here's what quote with. Donald Trump told the Buffalo News six days ago. He said, I'm going to give it my best shot, end quote. I would love to do it, and if I can do it, I'm going to keep it in Buffalo. And I think that's a big reason, end quote. I think to me that's a big reason for me that I like Donald Trump because he'd keep the team in Buffalo. There are a lot of groups out there that are attempting to buy the bills but move them to Los Angeles. And to me, if you're going to keep Buffalo where they are, Donald Trump's your best guy. He can hop on his private jet not even 25-minute plane ride from New York City, and get out there, Faith, and guess what? Keep the team in Buffalo, and that's what the Buffalo Faithful wants. Circle the wagons, Faith. I absolutely don't think that they could move the Bills because it's a $400 million penalty if you move them now. And it'll be $28.4 million in July of 2020, but I don't think anybody right now has the money to move them anywhere else. So I find it highly illogical to some, for somebody to want to move the Bill somewhere else. I mean, the thing is, with these big time owners, Faith, you can never count out the cash. You can never count out 
what these guys have. I remember this is kind of off the record, but it kind of gives you the scope of what these sports owners and the, their monetary aspects and how they view money. You look at uh, Mark Cuban. He made a comment that the Buffalo or the the Milwaukee Bucks, five hundred valued at five hundred fifty million and sold for five hundred fifty million, was cheap. He said he would have sold the team for eight hundred and fifty to almost nine hundred million dollars. So to me, if you move an NFL team, NFL team is big time dollars. To, to me, there's been multiple owner groups in uh, Los Angeles that are willing to pay the penalty, and they almost move the Oakland Raiders. So the penalty isn't an issue, Faith. I, I think the big issue here is whether the NFL would accept an owner like this. You know they didn't like Rush Limbaugh. They didn't want to get Mark Cuban involved. There's a lot of guys they forced out. So it's a big exclusive club. But for me, someone like Donald Trump is big. I guess personally, you know, Trump always says that there's such a loyal fan base for the Bills. Yeah, and there is. I would – see him actually taking that money if, if you were to move it somewhere else, you know, to put it towards the team and what he's going to do for that team. But that's there's, my take. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about the Donald Trump's got dollar signs on his mind. So, but what's, obviously, I mean, so if he buys the bills, he's thinking I can make a lot of money. But at the same time, when you knew Donald Trump was involved in the USFL, he wanted that league to succeed. When he bought the New Jersey, New Jersey generals, he wanted that team to succeed. And they did succeed. They made some big time signings where they did spending millions of dollars. But my point is Donald Trump would invest capital in the bills. And guess what? Being someone from the AFC East and seeing that local football around there, the bills need to be competitive. And I think it'd be very fitting that the bills step up and get an owner that would make them competitive. My thing with Donald Trump is I can't speak to whether or not he would be a great owner in the NFL. I don't really know that, but the NFL is known as the no fun league. And Donald Trump, what he would bring more than anything else is entertainment. I mean, you see it all the time. He's in the headlines. His name's always here or there with everything that's going on. And uh, I just don't see, I don't see Goodell letting somebody, Fidel Goodell, you know, he's a dictator. I I don't see him letting anybody like Donald Trump get into the league. You said they shut out Cuban. But uh, personally, I love I love the owners that are hands on, very up up front with the media, like a Mark Cuban, like a Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Even though Jerry Jones can get on my nerves sometimes, mm-hmm. I do like the guys that are very involved. You know, yeah. uh, criticize the referees. You know, Mark Cuban's up there front row every game. So I think if Donald Trump did own the Bills, he would be doing that. But I just can't see it happening, especially with that one point. $1.69 billion antitrust lawsuit he filed against the NFL. And uh, 15, Which was, back in 84? Yeah, it was 80, and, 19, 1984. Yeah. But it was a ridiculous anti-law uh, trust suit or whatever it was. To me, the big thing about that was that that anti that lawsuit had no chance of winning because they were he was filing for a monopoly on the NFL. And essentially, that there was no guarantee of a monopoly there. So that's a different case. The times have changed. No fun league or not, Faith. I think Donald Trump is key for the league. Okay, I want to draw something back from what you said. You said you know Donald Trump has you know dollar signs. He does. You know money on his mind. And I guess something that rubs me the wrong way is that greed. I think Donald Trump is really a lot about him. He likes to have his toes in absolutely every type of business there is. He likes people talking about him. So for me, ultimately, it is all about him. I'm not quite sure if it's about the team. I think it's just about him. I think he gets that rap, but if you look at what he does on The Apprentice and The Celebrity Apprentice, the guy has donated already, I think, I think it's so much, millions of dollars to charity. He does it in, a, in, in, in an arrogant way, but he, he you know what? I, I, I don't know, Faith. To me, I don't buy the argument. All right, well, let me give you a little bit more to feed off okay. of. Um, you know, Donald Trump has actually filed for bankruptcy a few times because he didn't want to pay taxes. He, he did it strategically. That's yeah. when he was younger and he regretted that in his books. Okay. Well, you know, you know, again, we're talking about the money on his mind and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about, what, 800 you know, it's nine hundred million for buying the bills. Mm-hmm. Let's say he takes about twenty percent of ownership in the bills. Would That's one hundred and twenty million in write in write offs. So technically, this is just he's thinking in his terms that man, I'm not gonna, you know I can write all this cash off. Again, greed. I just find that a reoccurring thought for him. Well, Donald Trump said this, and, and you know, before we bring back in Harry here, Donald Trump. There's no way Donald Trump would only buy twenty percent of the team. He would want a majority stake in. The I'm team. saying that's okay. just a right, right. But my point is, Donald Trump gets in this team, and he'll make this team successful. You look at someone like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's leading a charge for a Toronto-based group to move that team to Toronto. My problem is, why are they going to move to Toronto when the Toronto Agronauts are averaging twenty-one thousand nine hundred and forty-three in the CFL last year? To me, that's my issue. So you have a Toronto, you have a Toronto-based ownership group that wants to move to Toronto with no fan base in play. And when they do play there, Harry, 
The Bills have played some games in Toronto. They can't even fill the Rogers Center. So to me, that's an issue. Donald Trump would keep this team in Buffalo, and that's the most important thing. The Bills don't care who their owner is. They really don't. They care about winning, but ultimately, they care about keeping that team in Buffalo, and Donald would do that. My thing about Donald is we're talking about, oh, oh, he's all about the dollar signs. He wants to make money. But wouldn't it make sense to move to Los Angeles if he was about the dollar signs? Faith talked about the penalty, the $400 million. But in the end, the long run, he's going to be making money because that's a big market. You see Buffalo right now, they're 19th in attendance. That's like smack dab in the middle of the league. If you move a team to Los Angeles, you're going to be at the top of the league in attendance because the fans are going to be so excited to get a team back there. I think they're going to get a lot more money if he moves to Los Angeles. You know, the thing is, Donald Trump wants to buy the Bills, and this is a quote. This is a quote straight from NFL.com. Quote, Trump has Trump has very personal reasons, I don't even know if that makes sense, for keeping the Bills right where they are. His, seven, his Boeing 757 could get from New York City to Buffalo in one hour. He has been, end quote, he has been saying that he would not want the team to Los Angeles because he does not want to get on a plane for four and a half or five and a half, six hours to get to Los Angeles. Again, about him. Again, of course not. But but when you're de- but when you're desperate, when you're desperate for an owner, look, there's no options. No one wants to keep him in Buffalo. It's either they're moving or Donald gets involved. That's it. There's no ownership group that has openly said they want to keep this team in Buffalo. There hasn't been that has openly publicly and said it and made a statement. There's been no one. Yes, it's about him. But when you're an owner, wouldn't it be about you? It has to be convenient for you. If you're going to pump all this capital on a team, why wouldn't it be about you? Explain to me that. Why wouldn't it be about you? Because Donald Trump's about making this team a winner. His good friend, Jim Kelly. He told Jim Kelly he's going to make a push. Jim Kelly is struggling with cancer right now. Prayers to Jim Kelly and him and his family. But the most important thing for me is you want to keep this team in Buffalo at all costs. The Bills faithful wants to keep that team in Buffalo. That's it. And Donald is the only owner that has openly spoken right now that would keep the team in Buffalo. And to contract Faith's point, why wouldn't it be about him? I can't blame him. If my whole mogul business real estate market is based out of New York City, why would I want to get on a plane for six hours to Los Angeles with no stadium, with nothing? What stadium would they play in Los Angeles? They have no stadium to play in. Does anyone have any answer to that? They wouldn't play in USC Stadium. They have absolutely nowhere to play. And that's the big hurdle with moving the team to Los Angeles. And to contract Faith's point is, Right now, the NFL has been open to expansion, so they don't want a team to relocate to Los Angeles because they want to open up a new franchise in Los Angeles. And there's been multiple groups in Los Angeles that want an expansion franchise, not a relocation franchise. And that's a big thing for me. To me, that's the biggest thing. Is when we're, If we're going to talk about Donald Trump's greed, fine. I don't know Donald Trump on a personal level. I know Donald Trump on a business level. And when Donald Trump does business, he means business. And he's a great owner. And anything he does, he's successful. And you can argue that his bankruptcy is an issue. But every company and business and corporation files bankruptcy for strategic purposes. Chapter 7 is different than Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It's reorganization. It's reorganization of your corporation or whatever. It's basically understanding what he's doing. And he admitted in his book, his book was Think Big and Kick-Ass. That was the book. He, it was a great book. But the point is, in that book, he said he strategically fired for bankruptcy, but he wished he could have waited a couple years. And he was young. And Donald Trump admitted his USFL days, <clears throat> his USFL days have made him very greedy and not realizing that he could have waited two more seasons and had a very successful potential merger. With the NFL and the USFL. I mean, he ultimately killed the USFL because he he moved too quickly. He moved too quickly. I mean, And he's regretted that multiple times. There's no doubt about it. I can't even argue that, that Donald Trump killed the USFL. 517-432-3893 is our number. Feel free to call in a debate and embrace the Spartan debate or call in John Yales to give him some, win some lug nuts tickets from our partners over at in Lansing, the lug nuts. You got to see – what is it, Faith? Humphrey the Camel on, on, on Humphrey. I want to see Humphrey. Humphrey the Camel. It's a new guy, so if you want to win the Lugnuts tickets, feel free to call John Yale's behind the glass. Go back to this Donald Trump, Donald Trump discussion. All and, right. I want to just say a few okay. things. I'm not quite sure if Donald will actually you know, get past all of the obstacles leading up to him possibly owning the Bills. You know, he might have the money, but I'm not sure if he has the votes. I mean, that's a good point. Well, there's let's say there's 32 teams right now, and 15 of those teams are still owned by the same families that when he went and sued the NFL, they're still there. That's still their families who are owning these teams. Mm-hmm. So 
he ultimately needs 24 out of these 32 teams to get 75% of these votes. And if he doesn't get those 15, he's already had a deficit, a huge deficit. That is a great point, Faith. And I just want to know how good of a point that is, Harry. I mean, that's a phenomenal point. I mean, he sued for $1.69 billion. That's and a got, lot of money. And that's got nothing. Exactly. $3. And no, he, he got three. He got three. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. For, correction, he got nothing. Yeah. So He donated that money to charity. I'm sure those 15 owners never forgot about that, and I'm sure they hold a grudge about him. I know if somebody's somebody's suing me for a couple of thousands, I'm probably never going to forget about that. That's, that's a t- I mean, $1.69 billion. That's a large number. So for him to get 24 out of 32 votes, he's going to conv- have to convince at least – it's not, Seven of those guys, guys girls to vote to vote for him. Here's my t- here's my take about that faith, and I'm gonna come back with both of you. To me, there, like I said, there is no owner that has openly spoken about moving or keeping the team in Buffalo. There's no one that has stepped up and said, I want to buy this team, and I want to keep him in Buffalo. No one except Donald Trump has publicly said that. You've said that. You, now what else? My point is NFL owners realize that. So if the NFL owners realize this, they want to keep the team in Buffalo. You mentioned the owners, how they don't forget. They understand Ralph Wilson's legacy. They understand everything he's done for that franchise in Buffalo. They would do everything to hell and back to keep him in Buffalo. But some of them might have those hard feelings. Look, that he, they're going to think back, you tried to sue us, and then you're trying to get into the big leagues with us? He's got to get over it. Because at the same time, you got to realize what Ralph Wilson has done for that franchise and done everything. And you you got to bite the bullet here. If Ralph Wilson obviously passed away and keep it there but look when you look at it donald trump keeps him in buffalo period my thing is you're talking about how all these people want to keep him in buffalo well why are they 30th out of 32 teams in in forbes most recent evaluation list why why are they 19th in attendance why aren't the fans showing up if they want to keep him in buffalo fans show up to the game support your team buy their jerseys show the nfl that you guys are serious that you want to keep this team in buffalo well, and, and, and so buffalo many- is a constant bottom feeder they're not attracting any free agents so they're Guys, it's about the it, bottom it, of the it, league. It's, it's about history. That's just really what it comes down to. It's about history. And you got anything Donald Trump gets involved, he wins and makes money. That's it. You can't even debate it. My thing about history, though, is it's about history. But these past, I'd say, twenty. 15 years have been terrible for the Buffalo Bills. I can't remember the last time they made the playoffs. So if they want to stay in Buffalo, let's be a competent team. Let's get some good players. Let's get sign some good free agents. And they've tried and doing that. Feel, they've tried. But why not go to Los Angeles, which would be it? They're not fans would show up. But what, obvious destination what facility do they have in Los Angeles? Explain to me, what fa- where would they play in Los Angeles? They move to Los Angeles tomorrow. Where are they playing? You could definitely make it happen in a suburb outside of Los Angeles. Where, though? Where are they, if they move next year, where are they playing? Can someone explain to me where would they play? Well, I'm not asking them to move next year. I'm just saying move in the There's near no future. There's no contingency plan. I don't see the point of having these teams in Jacksonville, in Buffalo. These small market teams, why are they there? It doesn't make sense to me. When NFL is a business, we'll go somewhere where you can make money. Be a business. That's what businesses do. They all they make, make money. They all make revenue share. They all make money. The problem is that off these owners just keep it. And you mentioned Jacksonville. They just got a new owner. So Jacksonville just saw new ownership last year. You wait in that. They're gonna put some. They're gonna pump some money into that team. They just rebranded. You'll see. Jacksonville is trying to make something happen. They just. Oh, but the problem is to your argument against against Los Angeles. They're not moving to Los Angeles because a an ownership group wants to have an expansion franchise, not a relocation franchise. And two, they're not playing anywhere. And you mentioned bad facilities. How can you get people to play in the LA Coliseum? My that's the only is, play they play. Why, why are the Why is the NFL expanding? You have thirty two teams. That's more than they've enough openly to said the they're wealth. going to thirty four. That's already that's, a, that's already a done deal. They're just greedy that's, and it's diluting the talent. I think it's happening nah, with pretty nah. much every sports league. No way. More teams just means they dilute the talent, the quality of play. You see the Milwaukee Bucks; they're terrible. The small market team, Philadelphia nah. is just a terrible team. Back in the old days when you had small, smaller amounts of teams, you don't have that. Every team has two to three all-stars, quality players, quality games, game day in and day out. So well, I think they- that's a better formula to follow, even though you might not be making more money. But it's a definitely a more entertaining package to put out. Guy, the league's is business. You got to make money. Oh, and of course. And I know we keep talking about relocation of where we could put the bills and everything. But again, I think there's other obstacles that Trump is still going to face, even trying to get there if he does end up getting the bills. And one of those, I think, is his shares in casinos and i feel like for me that's a big conflict of interest because there's a lot of betting that goes on in the nfl about football games you know all teams have to put in on wednesday their injury reports so people you know people bet on that type of things who's going to win depending on these injury reports but i think again maybe he's too close to the business i think this could really harm him when trying to get this ownership 
And we also have to take some time to make sure that he's serious about this. He throws he said his name he's serious. in he a said lot he, of hats, so I just want to wait and see. I just want to wait. He said he's see. serious. He said he's just a quote to the Buffalo News, quote, I'm going to give it a heavy shot. I would love to do it, and if I can do it, I'm keeping it in Buffalo, end quote. I said that in the segment, and I'm saying it again. He wants to keep the team That's in the Buffalo. only argument I've heard all this whole time. But I mean, I mean, I don't know what you're trying to say. There's only one guy that's going to keep the team in Buffalo. To anything Donald Trump is successful, period. Anything Donald Trump has done in recently has been successful. What has Donald Trump done that has not been successful that he's endeavored in? USFL. That, <laughs> sorry, thank you. Thank you. Recently. <laughs> recently. No, recently. What has he done? I mean, that was just short 30 years ago. I mean, that's still. <laughs> Almost more. What has he done? That's what has not been successful. Please. But but what other argument do you have besides him being a businessman and also him keeping He's, the bills in Buffalo? Because that's all I've heard the whole time. Because that's it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Harry mentions, right. Harry mentions, I'm going to move the team to Los Angeles. The team's going to be diluted. The NFL already said they're going to spend to two more teams. One team is going to be in Los Angeles. Most likely the other one is going to be out east and it's going to be in Toronto. They will dilute that CFL franchise and ba- basically almost either fuse that team in the NFL with the CFL. That's already been done. Buffalo gets more attendance than any one of those teams. Wait, hold up. But Trump no all the time way. says... does Buffalo get more attendance than Los Angeles. I'm sorry. No, no. That's not what I... I'm talking about Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about definitely. Toronto. I don't know why we're moving Never to Canada, mind. too. I mean, it doesn't make sense. They're talking about moving to London. Yeah. London so, would be terrible. I know the players would hate travel, having to fly that long. The, the jet lag... They can they get over it. They make millions. It'd be terrible. They can, be, they I mean, can it get would just it. be bad to go over the there The problem with these players are they're too prissy nowadays. They're football players. They're prissy. At the end of the day is... Faith matches she's challenging my arguments. That's the only thing that matters, guys. It doesn't matter about moving to Los Angeles. You mentioned moving to Los Angeles. There's no facilities in place. They're just they can p- make that happen. Where there's a will, there's a way. They but, can make that happen. But it would there's not no happen doubt. on a, it would not happen on a relocation franchise. Period. It would not happen. It would. And I'm, I'm I'm not arguing that it will happen. I'm saying it should happen. When Houston moved, when the Oilers moved, when they moved to Tennessee. A team didn't want to move back to Tennessee. The NFL said no. The only time a team is going back to Houston is if they're getting an expansion franchise, not a relocation. And they got no. I completely, I 100 agree with and that. And there's I the get market. That. And I'm just saying the NFL is wrong in that. Why not? When instead he, of instead I of creating wait. two more teams, just move Buffalo and Jacksonville. I am begging for. I am begging for this guy to buy this team. I am begging for him to buy the team. And if he buys the team, I'll prove both of you wrong because he will. <laughs> okay. All right. Because. Because when you look at it, he'll pump money into the team and it will be successful. No, there's no doubt that there's it will. There's no doubt. So but I I'm just saying he's got so many obstacles yeah. to face in order to get to that point that people are going to be like, yeah, let's put the bills in his hands. To me, if Donald Trump really wants to do it, he does it. He's that good at what he does. If he wants it, he makes it happen. Well, he he's, said he wanted to run for president and that didn't happen. So, Well, because he's not electable. That's the reason why he did it. He's but not, still, he, he it's like all publicity stunts. Donald, he just puts his name not, in everything. Donald Trump also said he'd run for the governor of New York if he ran unopposed. That's the difference. If he ran unopposed. So that's because, it, that's he doesn't, because he doesn't need to do it. Donald Trump already donates millions and billions or millions of dollars into the Re- National Republican Party. So to me, Donald Trump gets his way in a way. Donald Trump is winning through lobbying anyway. He doesn't need to run for president. And if you want to talk about running for president, that's a conflict of interest. Not owning the bills. I think, well, I think, like I said, the casinos is a conflict of interest. It can be. As long as Donald Trump is not betting on his team through his casinos, it's not a problem. It's honestly not a problem. Because I'm almost pi- – the only obstacle in the NFL is you cannot, own a, you cannot own a team in another league. That's it. And he doesn't own it. He doesn't have any share. He doesn't have any ties to sports agents. He doesn't have any ties to any other leagues. He's just a fan. So when it comes down to it – I think Donald Trump will make a great difference for the NFL. And you know what? The NFL will be lucky to have him. They'd be really, a guy that likes football and a guy that likes the money and a guy that likes to keep a team where it's at. But right now, there's only two ownership groups that have stepped up. One is moving to Toronto. One's keeping the team. Donald Trump would keep the team. And you mentioned Buffalo. I guarantee you there's tons of Bills fans that hate Donald Trump. Probably hate his guts. But at the end of the day, they want their team. I, I agree with that. I think that if he does get it, He's gonna be a good owner. He's gonna be a great owner. Great owner. He's gonna be one of the no owners that makes money. No one's denying. And if he's that. as serious as he's saying, it, the Bills, hopefully they'll be competitive. But the question is, will it happen? And that's something that's the verdict's still out on. I mean, that lawsuit. We'll see if those those other owners can uh, get over that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I just stand by all my arguments, and so who knows if we if we'll even be able to get to that point. Who knows if we'll get be able to get to that point is right, Faith. But when we come back, we'll bring back. We'll talk about a little MSU spring football, and look, I stand by it. And being the beauty 
of this debate show. You always get the last word, and I'm going to say it, and I'll still say it. <laughs> Donald Trump will get this Bills team, and he'll keep this team in Buffalo, and he will be a great NFL owner. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and embrace the Spartan debate here on The Pact. You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM, East Lansing. Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. And now back to the pact here on 88.9 FM. That that is right, guys. We're back on the pact here. And yeah, 517-432-3893 is our number. Welcome back. And guys, we had a very interesting debate about uh, Donald Trump and whether he should keep that team in Buffalo or not. Interesting. You you know, that was great. I, I I really enjoyed that discussion with Faith and Harry. Um, but more importantly, guys, let's bring it back here. Um, one more, one more pair of lug nuts tickets to give away. Our friend, our partners over at the lug nuts. But today's winner will be put on a guest list along with the plus one to Hump Day at Cooley Law School Stadium. You can meet Humphrey the Camel and see the lug nuts as they take on Lake County Captains on Wednesday, April twenty third, courtesy of the Lansing Lug Nuts. The game starts at seven oh five at Cooley Law School Stadium in Lansing, Michigan. More information can be found online at www.milb.com. And the Impact would like to thank the Lansing Lug Nuts for their continued support and remind listeners that may only win once per week, guys. So feel free to call in John Yale's behind the glass on that. Wrap it up seven oh or about seven fifty two Eastern time. A couple minutes before we step off the air, but so let's bring in this MSU spring game discussion. It's this weekend, guys. It's finally here at 2 p.m. kickoff, per se, whatever you want to call it. No, it's not Arizona State. They're not trying to auction off to coach the team in a spring game. But instead, it's Michigan State. And Mark D'Antonio will be behind the sidelines or on the middle of the field, wherever he is during the spring game. But, guys, Mark D'Antonio, pretty interesting comment to me. I want to bring it up to you guys. He said there's going to be 50, he wants 50,000 Spartans fans to be there. Let me first off and say, Mark D'Antonio, you are the most ambitious coach and player motivator I've ever witnessed in my life, but I'm sorry that's not happening. It's just not happening. There's no way I'm seeing 50,000 fans at Spartan Stadium for a spring game. And it, and it, and if there is, I will be the first one. I will open up. I, I will make a bet. Lou, can you write this down? I will open up the show. Oh, I love these bets that yeah. we have going on. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. great. It's a great thing. I will open up the show on Monday or Next, this coming Monday, and say, Fino, you were wrong. You were totally wrong. You are an idiot. You are a chotch. And you should, <laughs> and you should, and you should nothing. And you should nothing but apologize to Mark D'Antonio. And I will personally deliver a gift basket. I will personally deliver a gift basket to Mark D'Antonio. Whatever gift basket, fruits. I'll do. We'll do fruits. 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 A fruit gift basket. The weather is nice. To Mark D'Antonio, if there are more than 50,000 Spartans. Get him a At new hat, ring. too. A new Spartan hat. I think he gets, bookstore. he gets plenty of free ones as it is. I, I, but, you know, just from you. And, and sign it, maybe. 
Okay, I'll sign it. Team sign Fino. It. Team Fino. Fino. Okay, I'll Team sign Fino. it, Team Fino, and give him a fruit basket. <laughs> but more importantly, guys, does anyone here think that there will be more than 50,000 people? No, absolutely not. Okay. This is, no matter how good the ba- I mean, the football team did this past year, this is still a basketball town. I grew up in East Lansing. It's true. And the spring game has never been a big deal as long as I can remember. So I can't see just a Rose Bowl berth and a Big Ten championship changing that. I do Rose Bowl think, champs. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, I do think it will be more than previous years. But there's no way we're topping 50,000. So let me ask you this. You mentioned we also have another East Lansing resident here with us. Um, but, Harry, to me, you mentioned it's a basketball town. But don't you think you're not giving the football team a little, not enough credit for winning all the trophies they have? Don't you think they can maybe cut close to 45 and maybe even come on the brink of 50K? I, it's tough for me. I mean, you look over at Michigan, who has all the tradition and the crazed football fans, more so than us. I'm going to give them that. They only had fifteen thousand at their at their spring football game. Yes, they're not yeah, but, they're not as va- amped up as our fans are this year. But still, that's thirty five thousand. There were some spe- there were some special festivities that day that fans chose not to attend. Okay, yeah, but I mean, there's going to be a lot more than in years past. But fifty thousand is a lot of fans. Fifty thousand is a lot. I don't see it. And we got finals week, mm-hmm. students. This is an esteemed, yeah, esteemed, uh, esteemed academic university, university here. okay? We take our studies seriously. Does anyone, does anyone honestly, Lou, what do you think? Do you honestly think, please, because you've been quiet here and it's bothering me. No, I don't think there's a chance. No chance. No chance. So you think my gift basket thing is a, a pretty good bet so I far. think that was a really safe bet that you don't have to give him a gift basket. <laughs> it's a fruit gift basket. But maybe you give should a- give him a gift basket anyway. Maybe he'll come in the pack. Hey. Would he come in the pack? Maybe. Maybe. Well, you, you know what we can do? Personally deliver it to Mark D'Antonio. Faith, what do you think? I just want to ask you guys, what are you guys looking for in the spring game, though? Like, let's bring oh, it back. Okay, yeah, we can bring it back here. To me, in the spring game, I'm looking... Yeah, Faith, yeah, way to dampen the conversation. Sorry, yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> none, of us, none of us disagree that there, you know, that there won't be 50,000 people there, so why don't we talk about what we want to see? Well, let's be real quick on this one. And to me, what I'm looking for is... I'm looking for Connor Cook to completely establish himself. Mm-hmm. I think I want to see a package for Damian Terry, and I want to see a Connor Cook just dominating. And I'm excited to see what this defense can bring. I I'm not worried about Connor Cook. He showed up at the yeah, end of last the, year. He's the and, Rose Bowl offensive MVP. Yeah, exactly. He, I'm not worried. He had a great run at the I end of the season. I just want to keep it going. Yeah, exactly. I think we just want to see them not even clicking on all c- cylinders. Just having this. I want to see just nothing bad. Just a solid game because. There's a while for the freshmen to get adjusted and for everything to get clicking through throughout the summer. They're here all summer. To me, the so. spring game just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's 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 entertainment. It's it's good though. It's a developing season, and I really think the the brunt of where everything is going to come from is that defensive the defensive void in the cornerback slot. I mean, you lose a big cornerback in Darquez Denard. I mean, he he, he won the guys step up. He won the jump throw award, and you know he was the best defensive back in the country. Uh, you, that's hard to replace, and I think that that is the main focus for Narduzzi, for D'Antonio. Everybody needs to look and see what's going to happen with this defense, also at the middle linebacker position as well. So That's what I'm looking for, so, legitimately. So, Faith, since you just took this argument from fourth gear to sixth gear, what, what are you taking from this spring game? <laughs> All right. changing on us. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I want to see progression of offense, number one. Okay. Number two, defense, and how they're going to fill those slots of those six seniors that left. So, you know, we need solid replacements so we don't have a huge drop-off from last year. Um, if any, hopefully. And um, I definitely want to see Damian Terry come out, and I want to see some competition, friendly competition between him and... uh, They should develop a package for Damian Terry, because to me, and, you know, Harry mentioned it, Connor Cook just dominated. I I don't want to say dominant, but in the postseason, he looked great. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is his team to lose. And can you blame him? But I think they should develop a package for him. I mean, absolutely. But I just want to see how he comes out and plays. Lou, what are your keys? You know, I'm looking to see, uh, I think, the defensive end. I think that's what you guys have really been sticking to because I, I, I just want to see Shalit Calhoun come out and be that, that leader dumb. that he was. You Don't know, give Bola us that. was last year. Bola's gone. You know, it's Shalik's time, and I think he really Marcus Rush, I'm looking to defensive. see what he can bring. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still, Shalik's word ends What about Malik McDowell? Malik McDowell, huge signing, you know. Um, I know I know. I'm looking way ahead here, but I'm just saying. Absolutely. I was actually going to bring him up as well. I, th- I want to see what Malik McDowell has, all this hype around him. Let's see what, let's see what you got in the field. To me, the spring game is the, beginning of the be- is, is the beginning of the beginning to me. is The football season is now upon us. 
You know, and I know it's like Fino, you're you're insane. The football season starts in August, but to me, the spring game gives us the first taste, that first teaspoon of Spartan 2014 Spartan football. So when I when I look at it, to me, that's the most important thing when I look at it. So it's the spring game, but does it matter? No, no, no. Eh, you know, it matters a little bit, eh. but the slightest. It matters a little bit, guys. But you heard it. If the pack on the behalf of the pack, I will personally deliver a gift basket, a fruit gift basket. To Mark D'Antonio, if the Spartans get over 50K at that spring game. We should throw a video of it, too, up on uh, MSU we'll throw, Impact Sports we'll, Twitter. We'll throw something up for Austin, Harry, Faith, and Lou. I'm Fino here on The Pack. You can catch us every Monday from 7 to 8 on 88.9 FM from the basement at Holden Hall. You guys know where to find us. Have a great Monday evening. Enjoy this nice weather.